Our scripture, our scripture reading today comes from the book of Acts, chapter 20, verses 7 through 12, the story of Eutychus. Hear these words of scripture. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, kept talking until midnight. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, and put his arms around him. Don't be alarmed, he said. He's alive. Then he went upstairs again and broke bread and ate. After talking until daylight, he left. The people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Lisa. So today we conclude our worship series, Faces of Our Faith. So often we focus on those big names in scripture, the ones we know well, the main characters like Moses and Jesus and Mary and Paul. And our intention with this series has been to take a look at some of those ordinary people in scripture, those we often overlook to pause and to dig deep into their worlds and to discover what they have to teach us about living out our faith in our daily lives. And so today we're wrapping up this series with a strange little story from the early church about Eutychus. Let's pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing and joyful to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A few weeks ago, Jenny, our education director, and I we're talking about how we can describe our faith journeys. And the best analogy that we have come up with so far is the board game, Shoots and Ladders. Do you remember this game? Okay. So you journey along the board, trying to get all the way, you start at one, and you try to get all the way up to 100 at the top. And sometimes you land on the top of a slide. And so then you have to slide all the way back down the board towards the beginning. And other times you get to the space that's at the bottom of a ladder. And those are the spaces that you want because they get you to speed up the board towards the finish line, towards 100. Now this isn't a perfect analogy of a faith journey by any means, but it gets to the truth that our faith journeys are not linear. Just think about the ladders and the shoots, the slides. We have those moments, a retreat or an encounter with a divine where things just click. And we climb up the ladder, so to speak, and grow exponentially in our faith. And then we have those times in our faith journey when life is just rotten and we're mad at God, and we slide down, we fall away from God. Both parts are part of each person's faith journey. And when we fall down the slide, sliding away from God, the people around us 
they typically respond in two different ways. Either they stand at the top of the slide and they look down at us as we have slid down the slide away from God and they judge us, speculating about what happened. Or they come and they sit with us at the bottom of the slide and they remind us that we're not alone. Maybe they listen to our woes or hold us tight in that moment or simply sit next to us. I'm pretty sure we've, both, we've all experienced both types of people in our faith journeys. And in today's scripture, we encounter this strange little story from the early church. Paul is in his third missionary journey. He's been sharing the message of Jesus all over the place. And by now, he's got a message. He has a message to share with people about Jesus. And so he spends a whole week in Troas. And on his last night there, this Sunday, he apparently wants to make sure that the followers of Jesus there know everything they possibly can about Jesus. And so Paul begins to talk, and then he talks, and he talks, and he talks, and he talks, and he talks, until midnight. Could you imagine? I can't imagine, okay? I would be bored. But there's this young boy there, and being that Sunday was an ordinary day of work at that time, he'd probably been working all day. And so then he comes to church very late at night because they either meet very early in the morning or late at night. And this, this young boy sits in the window. And he's trying to, I'm imagining him trying to catch the breeze coming in from the window. And he nods off. And he goes into such a deep, Sleep. He's so calm and so tranquil in that moment. It's like the, the naps that Russ takes when he w naps while I preach every Sunday. Um, he says they're the best naps that he gets all week are the 20-minute naps that he gets on a Sunday morning. And he's not napping right now. Good job, honey. I'm very proud of you. I know. Oh, there we go. <laughs> but Eutychus is so calm and so relaxed and lulled into sleep by Paul's voice that he falls out the window, out of this third story window, and he lands on the ground and he dies. And so the people there, they have two options as to how they're going to respond to this, what I think is probably a strange event for them. They can stand at the window and they can peer down at Eutychus laying there on the ground below and they can judge him. He's so young. Why is he tired? He should wait a few decades and then he'll really know what tired means. Why was he sitting in the window? He should know better. It's his own fault for falling out the window. Could you imagine how embarrassed his parents will be? that he fell asleep while Paul was preaching. Now these, these responses, they seem ridiculous to us, right? Yeah, no? You, okay. Well, they might seem ridiculous to us, 
But often we do these same things. We see someone metaphorically fall away from God or out of the church. We see someone experience something difficult in their life, something tragic that happens, a divorce, an addiction, losing a job, and we say similar things. Can you imagine how embarrassed his parents will be? Oh, she brought this on herself. Well, if they would have tried harder, then that wouldn't have happened. But thankfully for Eutychus, at least not everyone responds in that way. Paul goes down the three stories to Eutychus. He holds him in his arms. He hugs him tight. And he brings Eutychus back to life and back into the fold of the church. And in that moment, all who were there, they witness God's power and God's love and the love and the power of the Christian community. Eutychus himself is kind of a passive character in this story, but he's a reminder to us of all of the people, young, old, in between, who fall away from the church and how we are called to respond. Are we kneeling in the street with them when things get hard? Are we, are we carrying them back into the house to feed them and to celebrate their life? Are we acknowledging how hard religion and faith can be? Are we challenging our traditions so that people with different mental and physical needs can connect with God? We've each been Eutychus, falling away from the church, wandering or running away from God. And how the people around us respond plays a big role in whether we are still connected or connected again with God. In college, I took, I took a class on Christianity. I had a religious studies degree, so I studied all kinds of religions. I took a Christianity class, and I learned about the history of the wars, and the crusades, and the judgment that the church had been part of, or started. And I couldn't make sense of how or why the people who loved, who said that they loved this loving and grace-filled God, I could not understand why they would do those things and why God would allow those things to happen. And so in the middle of feeling called into ministry and living with my future in-laws, who were both pastors, I fell away from the church and I fell away from God. I walked away. And in response, Mama and Papa, they sat with me, and they listened to me rail against God about all of the injustices. And they asked a few questions, and they made a comment here and there, because Papa can't help but make a comment. But mostly, they just listened, and they loved me. They invited me to low-commitment activities at the church, and they asked me to volunteer in the nursery so that I could be loved on 
by the church community, but still have the space I needed to be mad and to be disappointed with God and with God's people. And it's because of their loving and respectful and patient presence that I found my way back to God and into the fold of the church. So I wonder, when members get divorced, what do we do? Do we ignore it? Or do we kneel in the street and cry with them? When our young people come out, do we celebrate with them? Do we honor them for who they are? Or do we live, leave them sitting on the windowsill alone, hoping that they will find God without us? When young adults think that they can make a bigger impact in the world working for a nonprofit rather than serving in the church, do we invite them into leadership? Or do we try to lull them to sleep, hoping that they're, they'll remain quiet? How do we respond to the people around us? How do the people around us respond to us when we encounter these moments? As we close out this series on living out our faith, I pray that this, this story of Eutychus and the early church reminds us that our journeys are not linear. They are like shoots and ladders. And that living a life of faith looks different for each and every one of us, depending on our situation and the time of our life. And I pray that we remember that we each do fall. And when the people around us do, we as a community of faith are called to sit with them, to celebrate their life and who God has created them to be, and to be God's loving presence in their life. Let's pray. Oh God, we are grateful that you have given us a community so that we are not alone. We're not alone to celebrate the wonderful highs of life and we're not alone to question and to cry and to wonder and to doubt. God, you are with us and we have a community of faith that is with us. Oh God, empower us. Teach us how to love the people around us. Help us to see them as you see them. And help us to see how we might participate in their journey, just as they are participating in our journey, closer and closer to you. We pray these things through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. And I'd like to invite Michaela to come up and Sean and to share with us the song, Show Us How to Love.
Thank you, Michaela. The first time Michaela sang that song is when I really realized that she sounds like a Disney princess. <laughs> we have a couple of prayers this morning. Uh, Maria asked for prayers of healing for Phyllis and Olga. And Barb asked for prayers for their friend Kathy, who has moved to a rehab center for full nursing care. Shelly asked for prayers for Bridget, who recently had neck surgery and is in a lot of pain, and also prayers for Karen, who has scleroderma. And then also prayers for the family of Eric Hill um, on his passing this past week. And with that, let us go to our Lord in prayer. Holy God, we want you to be the one 
in whom we live and move and have our being. We really do want to hear your voice above all the other noise in our lives. But there are so many other things that clamor for our attention. We get bogged down in the daily routine. We forget who we are. We forget who you are. And we forget what the church is supposed to be. So here we are, coming before you today with our human foibles and our short attention spans, simply asking that you would make yourself known to us, that you would help us to recognize the presence of the holy, that you would continue to challenge us, inspire us, and make us into the people you want us to be. Oh God, we know that you hear the prayers of each one of your children. And so we pause to lift our individual prayers to you. O oh Lord, may your truth be known. May your comforting spirit be felt and empower each of us so that we might go out and share your hope and your peace with every thought, word, and action. And we pray these things in the power of Jesus' name as we pray the prayer he taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The last thing we do each Sunday is to remind ourselves that we are the church and we are called to go and to be in ministry to the world. And so a few ways that you can connect with the church, with God, and connect with God's people throughout the next couple of weeks is first, we are beginning our Lenten um, series on Wednesday. The Lenten um, season begins with Ash Wednesday on, uh, at 7 o'clock on February 14th, which is Lisa's birthday. It's also Valentine's Day, and we get to come with the imposition of ashes and to remember that we are loved by God. And so I invite you to join us either online or in person on Wednesday the 14th. And then if you would like to be part of a ministry team. We're still highlighting some of these teams. We have lots of teams in person. If you head out into the entry area, there is a table set up with little jars for each of the different ministry areas. And so you can say, you can put your name in there on a piece of paper and put it in there and say what you're interested in. It doesn't commit you to anything, I promise. Okay, just you'll get connected with somebody to answer some questions. And if you are someone who likes to um, be creative and would like to help us um, 
bring in the arts and bring in and, um, and flesh out and kind of live into being uh, worshiping and honest worship in different ways, then you can join our worship arts team, which is a team that simply helps us make things pretty is one of the things around here. Make it pretty on Sunday, right? It's nice to have pretty things on Sunday. And then also you help us to have different experiences and, and think about worship differently and how we can connect people with God in different ways. And then also for worship, we have our AV team. So if you're interested in um, computers and helping us with our live stream and being and learning about that, then you can join our AV team and be part of that on a Sunday morning and sit up in the balcony um, and just have lots of fun. You, you have all of the control because you control the slides. And so if you're just bored, you can go to the last slide and then we have to end. That's not actually how this goes. <laughs> Melanie, that's not how this goes. <sighs> and then also next Sunday. <laughs> She's so funny. She's so fun. So <laughs> next Sunday, we have our pancake breakfast directly after uh, this service. And that is for the, the Boy Scouts. And it's a thank you um, to us for they use our space and um, they call this home. And so you are welcome to join us for pancakes. And then we'll also have individuals there from our leadership board for a town hall to simply answer any questions that you might have about our new governance structure and what's going on with that. And so you're welcome to join us for that directly um, following the service and fellowship hall. And then finally, I have one big exciting announcement and I would like to invite the announcement to join me up here. Um, that's you. Uh, so this, <laughs> you are the announcement, yes. So this past week we hired our new office manager and so I would like to, where'd you go? I'd like to introduce you to Anthe Imes. Anthe, yay, we clap, yes. So <laughs> So Anthe has had uh, a decade of experience as a funeral director, and then most recently, Anthe has worked um, as a receptionist, I guess, for an um, a vet, emergency vet hospital. And so Anthe has definitely the skills of a compassionate and a caring heart, as well as all of the attention to detail that is needed in this position. Anthe lives with their partner, Donald, in Cleveland and loves to play board games. So we'll have a lot of fun with that. And Anthe, the new hours for the office manager is Sunday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. So Anthe will be with us here uh, in person each Sunday to help us on and, and just do all of the things on Sunday morning and direct you if you have any questions about getting connected or giving or anything like that, you can come and you can talk to Anthe. And so we're really excited to uh, join, have them join our team. So yay, Anthe. And so Anthe will be out with us to, to greet at the end of service. And so with that, let us receive our benediction. Now, Melanie, you can go to the last slide. And so that we can go and do God's good work together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace.
go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Let's stand and sing. Thanks for joining us this morning.